The word from God to which Jesus speaks to us this morning is Luke chapter 4, the gospel for today, verses 14 through 21. In the power of the Spirit, Jesus returned to Galilee. His fame spread throughout the neighboring territory around there. As for himself, he kept teaching in their synagogues, being praised by all. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and, as was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. Unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it stands written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to preach release for the captives and restoration of sight for the blind, to send out in freedom those hard-pressed, and to proclaim the Lord's year of favor. He rolled up the scroll, returned it to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were watching him. He began speaking to them. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Your friends in Christ, fellow saints washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. Kunta Kinte lived free among the Mandika people of West Africa. At the age of 15, he became a Mandinka warrior. Then one day, as he was gathering wood outside his village for a drum, slavers, captured him. He was stacked in a cargo ship, piled along there with 170 other slaves and hauled over to America to be auctioned off as property, chattel to be bought and sold, used and abused. But he remembered his days of freedom and he passed on those stories to his daughter Kizzy. She was born a slave, and that is all she knew her entire life. She never knew freedom firsthand, but she passed on her father's stories as well. And after she died, her grandchildren finally tasted that freedom for good. That's the story of Roots, as told by Alex Haley. Now, dear friends, do you, do you long for freedom, for release. Yes, I know that you and I, we were born as American citizens, born in the land of the free and the home of the brave. But we were also born as slaves, captives. How sweet words of liberty and freedom are to our souls that are oppressed and crushed and held down how sweet the words of liberty and freedom that Jesus proclaims here today to us. For you see, he speaks not of freedom about stories in the past or dreams for the future, but he speaks of a new reality for you and me right now. Release. Release for you and me. Release from our slavery and captivity. Released. Let that theme echo through your hearts as the Holy Spirit breaks our chains and brings us release through these words of Jesus. Now, what chains, you might ask, what chains are we wearing? 
chains of guilt. Before we uttered our first infant cry, the chains of guilt hung heavy on us. And how many links haven't you and I added to that chain since that day? And don't only think of your sinful actions, but also your inactions. For when we fail to do the good that we can, we forge new links in that chain and add to our guilt. And not only our actions add to our guilt, but also also our our mean-spirited words or our covetous thoughts, they too add to our guilt. And our greatest sin of all, dear friends, our greatest sin of all is that we, we try to get rid of this guilt by some form of, of denial. That denial can take so many different kinds of forms. It, 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 it denies the fullness of our guilt in one way or another, thinking so that we think that we can escape and find freedom that we have that power within us to to liberate ourselves. That's what Kunta Kinte thought at first. He thought he could escape that slavery. He he tried to mentally escape at, at first by refusing to answer to the new name his white master gave him, but they beat him into submission. He tried to physically escape by running away, but they tracked him down. And when they got tired of chasing him down, they finally cut off half of his foot so he couldn't run anymore. And so also our sinful minds have invented many different kinds of of ways to deny just how guilty we are. One kind of escape attempt denies a portion of our guilt. It tries to redefine what sin is. That's not a real lie. That's only a white lie. They love each other, so even though they're not married, why can't they live together? How could I help not exploding in anger after what you did? If you hadn't irritated me, I wouldn't have lost my temper. Everything I said about him was true. How can you accuse me of gossiping? When women dress like that, how can we not help but having lustful thoughts? And and the excuses go on, don't they? But denying... The chains of guilt doesn't break them, doesn't take them away. Another escape attempt denies how spiritually poor and powerless we really are, that by nature we are beggars without a spiritual penny to our name. This kind of denial imagines that if I I try hard enough and do some good, maybe that will make my conscience feel less guilty. Or if I'm sorry enough, then, then maybe my guilt will, will, won't seem so bad or if I'm really sincere when I ask for forgiveness. But can a beggar buy his way out of poverty? And so also we cannot earn our way out of that slavery of guilt. Still another kind of escape attempt denies whom we've actually offended by our sin. This kind of denial says, all you need to do to feel less guilty is to Forgive yourself. That's all that matters. Forgive yourself. But who is it we've actually sinned against? Who is it that calls us to account? Remember what David said in Psalm 51 where he wrote, Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. God is the one who calls us to account. When a a person has been sentenced to multiple lifetimes of imprisonment, they're not released 
Because they've forgiven themselves, only a pardon from the president or the governor can set them free. And still yet one more kind of escape attempt does indeed feel the guilt and yet doesn't realize just how horrible the consequences of that guilt is. Yes, this kind of person feels that weight on them and, 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 and knows that they're guilty, but they just figure that's the way it is. They can even feel crushed at times, but they just bear up underneath it with that cold, uh, cold resignation that, well, that's just the way life is. And maybe even at times they, they consider uh, ending it all. But that doesn't take into account just how serious guilt is, for death doesn't end guilt. It's just the point of no return, of the point of no return into that real hell where the guilt burns us up from the inside out forever continually. Have you wandered into any of these different kinds of escape attempts that try to deny our guilt? Whenever the good news of Jesus doesn't taste so sweet but starts seeming a little bland, whenever the the gospel starts sounding old and monotonous, Whenever we begin to think that since we know the main things in the Bible, why do we need to pay close attention? That that all are indications that we've failed to see just how serious our guilt is. When the good news of Jesus doesn't burn in our hearts and shine out in our lives in all that we do, we've failed to see the deadliness of our guilt and the blessedness of the full rescue and release that Jesus has brought to us. For you see, dear friends, we're all on a boat, and that boat will sink. And on that boat, we're chained, chained by our guilt to those cement blocks of sin. What's going to happen when that boat sinks? For it will sink, whether it's the day that we die or when, uh, when the world ends, whichever comes first, it will sink. We could deny that and pretend that the boat is going to just sail on forever, but that did not stop the Titanic from going down. We could look around and see that, well, a lot of other people have cement blocks, a lot of them bigger than ours, but that just means we'll all sink down to the depths together. We could imagine that we have the power to swim to shore, even with those cement blocks around us. That's just fooling ourselves. Or we could try any of those other denials that, that we talked about earlier. But that doesn't change the fact that when the boat sinks, as long as guilt chains us to our sins, we will sink into the depths of hell. But Jesus, Jesus cuts away those chains. That is why he came. Jesus proclaims release to you and to me. That's what he did for you at your baptism. He cut away those chains. That is what the gospel does for you and me day after day. It cuts away those chains. It sets us free. For you see, Jesus speaks to you and to me those same words that he spoke to those people in Nazareth so many years ago. Today, Jesus says to you, the Lord has anointed me to proclaim a freedom to the captives to proclaim forgiveness to you, dear sinners, to proclaim release 
He has anointed me to proclaim the recovery of sight for the blind. I, Jesus, have opened your eyes. You no longer need to walk in that darkness and stumble around. I have opened your eyes to see the blood, my blood, wash you clean. I have opened your eyes to believe that I gave myself for you. Your guilt is taken away. You are no longer chained, but released. Dance in gladness, for you are free of those chains of guilt. Rejoice in all that you do. Take to heart those words of Jesus, dear friend. For he, he has released you. He has set you free. His forgiveness breaks those chains. And he proclaims to us, to you and to me, that good news. For he proclaims that good news to the poor. And you and I, you and I on our own are beggars. And as beggars on our own, we have nothing to offer our God, nothing but our sin and guilt and shame, nothing but our dirt and filth. But Jesus came nonetheless. He came sent by the Father. He came anointed as the the Holy One, as the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. You witnessed how at his baptism the Holy Spirit descended on him in the form of the dove, for he was anointed with the Holy Spirit without measure, anointed to do the work the Father gave him to do, to accomplish the mission. And what was that mission? That mission was to bring heavenly riches to poor, sinful beggars like you and like me. He who was rich became poor so that we through his poverty might become rich. The Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to you and to me. But why? Why would Jesus bring good news to those who can offer nothing to him on our own, to, to poor, to the beggars like us? Why would he proclaim release? To us who were born as slaves with no rights of our own, chained into our guilt. Why? Because of the Lord's favor. Just as Jesus made clear when he said to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And that means it's not because of anything in you or in me. It's because of who the Lord is. Because of his Favor, his undeserved love, his goodwill, his grace. God's grace in Christ, his unmerited favor that sent Jesus, his unearned goodwill. That's why. That's why Jesus brings release to you and to me. He releases us by the forgiveness that comes through Christ Jesus alone. In the mid-1700s, a little bit before the time of Kunta Kinte, there was an Englishman who was a servant of slavers and eventually became a captain of a slave ship. One night in 1748, in a storm, as the ship was taking on water, He felt the weight of his guilt. 
he realized how much he needed Jesus, how sweet the name of Jesus sounds. Now, as his faith grew in those years after that, he eventually left his work in the slave trade and studied for the ministry. He proclaimed, he preached that faith that he once long labored to destroy. For he knew how amazing God's grace was to save even a wretch like him. That man's name was John Newton. And the last two hymns today were written by him. So what will it be for you, dear friends? Will you return to those chains of guilt that once bound you and be dragged down to the depths of hell when our boat sinks? Or will you, like John Newton and so many others, will you in faith cling to Jesus alone as your only hope and salvation, our only life preserver who will not fail. Those people in Nazareth who first heard those words from Jesus' lips so long ago refused to accept release from this man they had grown up with. Their pride clung to their guilt. They even tried to throw Jesus off a cliff. But today, Jesus has proclaimed release for you. Today is the year of God's favor, the time of his grace. Hear that good news from the lips of Jesus. He proclaims to you release, freedom, and liberty. He has broken those chains for you. How sweet the name of Jesus sounds. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.